They normally put it in my calendar. Oh. Yeah, it's in my calendar. It came up as one of those invitations, but she neglected me. Well, here we are. (laughs) That's all right. I don't mind. (laughs) And um, what did I take you away from today? Making spanner cottages. Yeah, very small ones. Yeah. So that's new thing on the menu. So when we change something, I tend to do it for the first little bit, and then once the guys get their heads around it, and then just hand it over to them. And how often do you change the menu? Uh, we change the menu sort of as and when, seasonally. So when something comes into season we want to use or if something's moving out of season or maybe not even like with produce, but if there's like a shift in the mood of of the, se- the city or the season, if you know what I mean. Like Melbourne, I think it's quite... Sometimes the produce isn't doesn't keep pace with the seasons. Oh, that's right. So it changes season, but you can still get something, but maybe you don't want to yeah. have it on the menu because it feels yeah. wrong to have strawberries on the menu when it's so cold or something that's like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. But anything's available all the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we try and we change, yeah, and just to keep it exciting and keep it interesting for the guys and for people coming back. And Yeah. Spanner Copita, how do you say Spanner it? Copita. Spanner Copita. Um, is seems quite traditional though that, mm. that must have been on the menu before or are you doing it in a different way now we yeah we messed around with it for a quite a long time so instead of when we do the charisma menu which is our taster menu instead of bread we give like a baby spanakopita nice with okay. a sauce on top so okay. tonight it's gonna be maybe some buttered uni from st helens so some little sea urchin from st helens on top We'll change it so maybe like yabbies or maybe black garlic or whatever we we want to use at that point. But Mm. the spanakopita, so try and do things that conceptually sort of stay similar, and then we change the flavour or the ingredient. Okay. Mm. And how long have you been at the press club? Been at the press club for two and a half years. Okay. And Mm. is this your first time doing Greek food or? Yeah, first time. Yeah. Okay. So some of these ideas and flavours and so on how have you had to adapt what you've what you came mm. from to the Greek way of doing things uh, yeah I, th- I guess it's quite a large shift um, but it's just been a lot of reading and talking to people and trying to learn as much as possible I mean I think that the Greek heritage our Greek heritage is really important even though I'm not Greek or guys who work here might not necessarily be Greek it's like vitally important to to us as a restaurant to our DNA that we um, that we stay true to that because if not we're just any other fine dining restaurant that's right so how do you go about tapping into that I think we always start we have like for me personally I have like a um, maybe like a set of what commandments it's too it's too far, but a set of pillars that I try to work to when I'm thinking about dishes. Yeah. And the first one is like, is it, is it Greek? Yeah. You know, is it, is there some Hellenic sort of soul to it, either in the culture or, um, or in the way of cooking or in a technique or in an ingredient maybe that, you know, is very Greek or. So what, what does that actually mean? Like, <laughs> just me. So if it's a Hellenic technique, what, what kind of technique? So like, for example, we have a wallaby dish on the menu that has seasoned with eggplant, which we cook cleftico. 
which means to cook under under ash or under underground. Yeah. So we use the ash that's left over from the barbecue at the end of the night, and we bake these eggplants overnight, and then we marinate them, season them. Wow. So we're using something that's, you know, okay, the, the, it aligns with other cultures in the world as well in terms mm. of us different, you know, it's similar to a hungi and stuff like that, but it's different. Um, it's about, that would be like a cooking technique, I think, would say. Yeah. That we sort of make a nod to. But like obviously you're going to use, bring it into a modern sensibility, but mm. that's really, yeah, that's really important. Mm. For me personally, if I like, if I people don't come here and recognise it as a Greek restaurant, I think they'll be failed. Yeah, that's right. I see what you're saying. And where were you before here? I used to work at a place called Restaurant Sat Beans in Nottingham. Okay. For three and a half years, I met George there because he came over for came and spent a week with us, and I had already a plan to come out here, and then he had a job and. That was good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, just, <laughs> just worked out, yeah. Yeah, and were you head chef over there as well? I was sous chef there. Okay, yeah. okay. so it's good. So you came to the new country and... Yeah, started as development chef and then... Yeah. Yeah, gradually just sort of... Um, direct change, the restaurant changed... Well, didn't change direction, but we just gradually sort of evolved what we do here and what we offer and now I think we're starting to sort of find our stride a little bit me and George are starting to find our stride with like our relationship I was going to say do you have autonomy or do you work as a team um, I have more autonomy now but you know it's his restaurant so he has to agree with the direction Yeah. but now I think we've got to a good point where like our views align a lot so um not very often is it like, oh, I want to do something, and he'll be like, no, or whatever. So, and this is vice versa. If he, he's sort of, um, yeah, he's more of a mentor and a more of a guide than than someone just saying, like, you have to do this, you have to do this. It's yeah. more of like, okay, we think we should go down this route, and this is how I'd like the food to develop, and and he's more of just a pair of fresh eyes and a guide and. Yeah, the sounding board really. Yeah, it's good. Which is important when you're. This is my first head chef job, so it's quite. Sometimes it can be quite daunting. There's <laughs> a lot more to take into consideration, isn't there? Because it's not just about cooking food. Oh, you've got yes. to be in charge of the team, you've got to think about costs, you've got to. You know, there's, a, mm. there's a lot more happening, isn't there? Definitely. And as the industry evolves, there's so much more competition. It's like, how do we, how do we make ourselves stand out? And, mm. But yeah, that's why I think it all comes back to that Greekness and if we can do that and if we can start to, you know, achieve what we want to achieve with that, mm. with the food, yeah, then it gives us a good platform to be, to be, yeah, to operate, yeah. definitely. And so you started um, your chefing journey in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long have you been cooking? <laughs> uh, I've been cooking, like, properly... 10 years I started when I was 16 but part time you know? yeah and then I was at school and then moved to Canada for a little while okay made pizzas which was pretty fun <laughs> in a ski resort uh, and then I worked it would in have a, been fun. yeah and then I worked in a winery and then I came back to England and did college and worked in London yeah, yeah worked around so yeah a, bit, a, a fair amount of time but not long enough to be like you know, still learning a lot all the time. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think a lot of the chefs I speak to talk about 
continuing to learn from those around them and from like new produce and just mm. and wanting to find out new things. So um, his, his Melbourne lived up to, you know, you talked about wanting to come to Melbourne in particular or is this straight just Australia? Uh, to Melbourne, really. well, to Australia, but Melbourne because I had some friends here. Oh. And we chatted and I was like, and they were like, it's a great food scene and also it's a great city. And I had some friends who work in hospitality, friends who don't. So I got like a broader view of it. And um, yeah, look, it's interesting. Like I still feel like I'm learning loads like every day, even just about the produce and stuff because things are new to me that might not be new to Mm. Australian chef in my position. Mm. Um, Hopefully bring a bit of a lens of new ways to use that produce a little bit. Um, Yeah, it's. I mean, I think Australia's got this fantastic food culture where it's it's very open to new things and the, the consumer's quite open to new things and mm. uh, maybe people are still discovering maybe the link to the land here went away for a little bit but now it's starting to come back and people are discovering all the time um, rediscovering maybe I'm not sure mm. discovering's the right way but Finding new new things to use and new ingredients and new produce. So do you get some of those through the suppliers? So some of that salt bush and those kind of indigenous herbs and so on? Or is that, doesn't, can you use those in the green? Yeah, we use, well the Spanakopita we're making now has got salt bush, warrigal greens, as well as some cultivated greens. Um, there's some gelatin wax in there and nasturtium. So I think we can definitely use it because that, the, the produce gives the restaurant the idea of where we are and what time it is mm. of the year, you know. That's what the produce is about. Mm. That's what getting the best produce is about. Um, whereas the heritage isn't going to go anywhere, you know what I mean? So how can we make this Greek, take this Greek heritage and make it about where we are, which is Australia? And, mm. Like, it wouldn't make sense if I used... Or if we used um, Greek produce, um, if we use a Greek produce, we tend to marry it with something very Australian as well. Mm. So we will use gelatin wax, but we marry it with mastic in a yogurt, with a, which goes with duck. Yeah. So, you know, it's too quiet. There's a synergy between the two because gelatin's, gelatin wax is native to Australia. Um, Mastic is native to Kios, so it's those two ingredients are only found in that part of the world mm. and this part of the world, which is which is what the restaurant's about. So yeah, it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like if it doesn't make sense to us or me and George and the guys downstairs, I think then it's like, why are we doing? Why are mm. we doing this? You know, it's got to make sense to our what we want to uh, what we want from the restaurant. I think. Mm. And it's interesting because you are downstairs and lots of places nowadays um, are open to the mm-hmm. public so, so chefs can, well, they probably don't because they're probably so focused on what they're doing, but, but you can see how people are reacting. And if, if you're downstairs, how, how do you go with, I mean, it's, I guess that's the way it always was, mm. but do you, what, how, how do you go with feedback? <laughs> do you get to hear what the people are? Yeah, we, I mean, I think we still have a lot more interaction with guests than probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Or maybe longer years ago, maybe twenty years ago. Um, there's a lot more interaction because you know the chefs all drop some dishes off at the table. Oh, nice. Okay. We have a chat. 
there's a window so you can see into the kitchen if you're sat on that side of the okay. oh, yes. of the oh, so you can't be fully like throwing things around and yelling <laughs> no, no. not, not that anyone does that this no <laughs> the industry's changed face yeah. yeah I think you have a lot more and there's like so many different ways to give feedback now you know well that's right TripAdvisor do you like, read all, all those things all those things reviews yeah. paper just people will, are quite are a lot more happy to sort of give you their give you their feedback, even by email and stuff like that. Mm. Um, take TripAdvisor with a pinch of salt, you know. Yeah. Don't get too excited about the good ones. Don't get too upset about the bad ones. That's right. Yeah. Same with everything, really. Just try and. I think it's just about being into what you're doing and focus yeah. on what you're doing and what you're trying to produce, and mm. and that's when you really that's when people will buy into it because you're focused on it and you're into it so if you worry too much about what other people think you're trying to please everyone and you end up pleasing no one I think mm. so I think it's important like if you're in a creative industry to to have a little bit of I mean not totally but have a be able to block everything out a little bit and try and just try and just focus on what you want to do and mm. what you're trying to achieve and the rest will look after itself Hopefully. Perspective. <laughs> um, and how many guys do you have down there? We have five full-time chefs mm. and a couple of casual chefs. There's eight of us in total. Okay. But not all. No. Four at a time. Four and time. how do you go, um, do you, as, a, as the leader, do you, are you a shower or a teller or a get-alongsider? <laughs> uh, I'd like to think of myself as a little bit of both, mm. you know. Oh. Show... Definitely show, but can't. I'd like to think. I mean, I'd have to ask my chefs, but I'd like <laughs> to think that they think that. Um, you know, I lead from the front. Like I'm in there with them doing mm. things. It's not just like, okay, guys, this is what we're gonna do. Go for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like I like to think that they would feel like they're supported because I'm there, and you know, I think that if it's really important that everybody grows. Because if, if if everyone's growing, then the restaurant it it can't help but grow, mm. be better. If every single chef gets better by ten percent, there's no way the food can't get better. Yeah, including me. You know, That's if I right. get better a little bit, and now all of them get better a little bit, then eventually, what you see, what gets to the customer, is a better product than yeah. we would have produced in the past. So if we can keep that ethos and mm. momentum. And I think that's how you start to see these restaurants that grow into these things that mm. maybe they were never at the start like that. Yeah, it's interesting because I just spoke to another chef who was saying, you know, there are aspects of, you know, fine dining when you, even though you're being so creative and you're doing quite technical work and so on, that, you know, there is still a routine that you get into. Mm. But at the same time, it is a creative industry. I was just thinking as you were saying that, that you do have to always be striving to put you know for consistency number one but also as you say it should be growing so there's kind of a there's a tension it's a between, yeah, yeah that's right of um of muscle memory of doing the same job but also striving for yeah i think that product. kitchens get to a perfect balance where there's like just the right amount of chaos <laughs> yeah. to make it if it's too safe if it's too like if it's too routine then it's it's too safe and it's not very exciting if mm. it's too chaotic you're never going to be able to produce anything of a high standard so you've got to find this real like creativity 
and consistency, they're real, they're almost paradoxical. You know what I mean? They're almost at odds with each other. That's right. So it's trying to find a balance between the chaos element and the routine. Like there needs to be structure and discipline and standards and things in place, but there needs to be that little bit of chaos that keeps everyone on their toes and keeps everyone thinking about a new way to do things, something or a better way. Not necessarily a new way or just a better way. How can we do this better? I always say to the guys like, you know, when you come to work, you should look at your work and say, okay, how can we do this better? Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are doing that job over and over again. So is there a way that we can do it better? Mm. If that's the case, then let's try it. And if it's better, then it's better. I don't have that thing where I'm like, oh, you can't tell me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that ego is getting in the way of that. No. It's, no, it's all about getting better. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. It'll do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a great, great lesson.